Hello, my beautiful business mum. How are you doing? My name is Vina V. I help you get more confident and creative when making your YouTube videos. And I'm also the founder of Mum to Millionaire. This is your brand new home of mum motivation. I'm here to get you motivated and be like, yay, I'm alive. Woohoo. I'm so happy. Uh, yeah, this is what Mum to Millionaire is all about. After you've listened to this episode of the podcast, you are just going to be so inspired and think, do you know what? If other women can go through so much in their life and overcome it, so can I. Whatever you're going through in your life right now, you can overcome it. You can get through anything. And remember, you're not alone. Whatever you're going through, I promise you that other people have been through that exact same situation. Today on the podcast, we are talking to a woman who has literally overcome so much in her life. And even in this podcast, we are literally touching on the surface of all the things she's been through. She has been through so much more. And you know, I get really emotional in this episode because she's such, and I'm going to start crying again. Oh my God, why do I do this? She is such a lovely woman. Like when you talk to her, like you would just not understand the amount of stuff she has been through. And she is a prime example of someone who is not bitter with life. And it's one of my key messages with mum to millionaires. Whatever you've been through in your life, don't get bitter by it. Get better because bitterness and anger, it just consumes you and it's horrible. You would not progress in your life. And the only person you are hurting when you feel bitterness, when you feel anger, is yourself. So you need to stop this. You need to stop feeling bitter and angry. You need to work on your mind and just look how amazing the world is. Like, it's really weird. Like, on Instagram the other day, I literally posted a picture of this but, uh, of this uh, ladybird. I was just in my garden and I just looked at this ladybird and I thought, oh my God, look how beautiful this ladybird is. There's so much beauty and positivity around you. You just need to get out and find the positive people go on to YouTube, watch motivational videos, continue to listen to this podcast. We've got so, this is episode 60. There's 60 episodes for you to go back and listen to, to feel motivated, to feel inspired. And going back to this woman, she has just been through so much, but she's always got a smile on her face. She's always laughing and she's just amazing. She lost a baby. She is just, she's been through so much and I can't wait for you to listen to this. So without further ado, here is Hyacinth Myers. I just can't wait for you to listen to this. And if you want to watch, I've also made a video of this as well. If you want to watch the video, if you want to connect with Hyacinth, just go over to the blog mumtomillionaire.com forward slash episode 60. Mumtomillionaire.com. Excel in business and life. B A go getter. All this stuff that you've been through, like it's so difficult. Yeah. And you're still, oh my God, this has not happened to me. I need to stop this. I decided to come back to London when my son was six months old. And that was probably the hardest decision I've had to make. 
Hey, it's Vina V and welcome to the Mum to Millionaire podcast. Today on the show, I, I, I really should have tissues with me because I'm a very emotional person and when you hear the lady that we've got on today, you're just going to think, how on earth has she gone through all these things? And she's, she's still here today because I think a lot of people would have gone down that downward spiral and it's, it's actually a blessing that you're actually here yeah. today. Um, please welcome to the Mum to Millionaire podcast, Hyacinth. <laughs> <laughs> Hi everyone, that's <laughs> Was that a bit weird? Yeah, I should have really done that. Because <laughs> I just want to get straight into your story so people understand the context of this podcast and why it's going to be so inspirational to so many people. So even before you had your children, life was a struggle before that, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was actually. Um... I was born in Hackney, actually, in um, an estate that's no longer there, actually. It was called the Holly Street Estate. So it was quite a bad, notorious estate for crime, um, high crime and high drugs. And even though we never really went out much, um, my life was quite secluded as a child, actually, because we did um, experience um, a lot of domestic violence in the house. So we was not really going out mixing with people and I was quite withdrawn. Um, so I started to write a lot and that's where I first started writing actually, just writing diaries, writing stories and just kind of escaping into mm. words and poems actually. And did anyone tell you to do that, <coughs> if that makes sense? Because when you're a child and you're going through these different things, was it just a natural thing to think, okay, I'm going to have a creative outlet. Because a lot of people do say that. If you've been through different traumas in your life, they always say to you, kind of find a creative outlet, whether that mm. be through writing, poetry, making music. Did someone tell you to do that? Or was it just an instinctive? No, it was actually instinctive because even though I was a really quiet child, mm. I'm very withdrawn, actually. Even the teachers on my reports say that I was um, withdrawn and I wouldn't really speak to people. I just had a very loud voice that was... Um, I felt like I was on mute, actually, mm -hmm. if that's if that yeah. makes sense. So the only way, way I could express it was with the words and the stories. And a lot of the, the things I wrote, I actually would destroy because I didn't want them to be yeah. found. But um, for me, I felt like that was probably the start of what people are now calling reflective journaling yeah. and stuff like that. And I love it because all these experiences that you've gone through and we're going to touch on a lot more in a minute you're actually putting that into your work now into mm -hmm. your business of helping other people i know you do a lot of reflective journaling work with people now as well don't you and yeah. helping them through so that was kind of what happened before you had your children mm -hmm. and then it's and you know when one thing happens to someone you think oh, okay they've been through one thing but with you it's like you've had all it's like you've had different situations go on one after the other. Yeah. So after kind of growing up in that area, what happened after that? Did you get pregnant quite young or how was that situation? Um, no, I didn't actually. Um, we moved out of that area when I was 16. We went into a women's refuge and then moved out of the area for about five years in a safe house. Um, and I just went to college. I just started to become quite creative. So I was mm. a really... Um, a weird fine artist actually. I used to do abstracts like Picasso style. Oh wow. <laughs> Oil <laughs> on canvas. Yeah, and I still have some of my work now. Um, and then after that, um, I started to kind of really think I'm going to strive. No one in my family had been to university before. Um, no one was really thinking about university. Yeah. So I thought, 
that's it. I'm going to try and get to university. Mm. And, and when you when you said that about getting back, who were you getting back at? Was it literally society? Was there specific people saying to you, oh, because you've been through these different things as a child, um, obviously maybe even seeing your mum go through domestic violence, mm. was it all of that you thought people, like, you know, your life is over? I think it's kind of, um, yeah, it was... It was Actually, for a lot of people, because there was a lot of people, especially from the estate we came from, people said, oh, people like us don't go to university. Mm. I wasn't people like them. I was just a very quiet child, and mm. I didn't consider myself to even belong to that community. Mm. Um, and then what I want to understand is because I think all of us fall into this. If you're part of, if you're living in a council block or whatever it is, yeah. if you're part of a community where people are saying to you, you're not worthy, or that phrase, people like us don't go to uni, people like us don't become millionaires, people like mm. us can't be happy. But, so m most people go through life never thinking anything different. Yeah. How did you why is your mentality different in the first place do you know was it something maybe someone said to you or did you just look at your life or other people around you and think i don't want this for myself um it was partly that actually but i think when i got to college even though i was doing art that was my first time also being exposed to psychology and I really loved the whole mm. subjects of psychology and also um, just studying the mind and I've always been interested in the mind and looking mm. at patterns, like patterns of behaviour, patterns yeah. we have and looking at actually family patterns as well when I look at um, very in-depth in family stuff so mm. I'm like I don't want to have this pattern in my life and I actually don't want to have that kind of life. Yeah. Yeah so I thought it's definitely not going to be like that for me regardless of what people mm. say i just always find that so interesting because <laughs> it's always you know when i speak to people like you it's like how did you because like i said and it's so sad that so many people in this world will die not knowing this there's another way to life yeah they accept the situation they're in whether that be domestic violence they never get out of it or mm. they accept that they have to live in a certain place and even with mum to millionaire, that's what I want to say to people. Like, if you're watching this, like you can change your life, but it's taking those baby steps it is. every single day, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Because um, while I was at college, I started to read personal development books. And I can't even remember what the first book is that I read. But I remember thinking, wow, maybe the way I'm thinking or what's happening can be actually um, seen different. And then yeah. now we have it. There's like this surge of mindset coaches and life mm. coaches and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, wow, I was kind of reading that before, but then yeah. I was very scared because I wanted to be um, loyal to myself and where I'd come from. And mm. um, I didn't want to change. That was my biggest thing. I was yeah. scared to change. I really was scared to change. I think that's key as well. If you are going through lots of struggles at the moment, it, you kind of did it without knowing what you were doing. Mm. But it's like, actually step back from your situation and try and look at it from a different person's point of view. Or, yeah. You know, read mindset books, go mm. to um, seminars, try and go to events where there's going to be like-minded or people who you want to be like. Because yeah. if you're thinking a certain way, you might not necessarily be thinking like people like that. But mm. I think you did all the right things without you even knowing it. And I've started to do this in the evenings now where I put my son to sleep, I'll switch my phone off and for half an hour I literally put classical music on and I'm mm. not even, I'm just saying affirmations to myself or just being quiet. Mm. Do you feel that helped you a lot? Like you said, yeah. going to quiet it, places. It, it has, yeah. And also um, about the age of 18 I started to get into meditation so I was mm. doing that daily.
On and off over the years, I've kind of gone through patterns of doing it daily and not. At the moment, I'm doing it daily again. But for me, that feels like, especially doing it first thing in the morning, mm. before the children wake up. One, it keeps me focused and more calm. Yeah. So I'm not kind of rushing and quite agitated in the morning for the school run if they're not getting ready fast mm. enough or, or yeah, saying they don't want to go to school or whatever else. Um, and it's just actually helped me stay more balanced. And I feel like been able to increase my endurance actually yeah so more things have been able to happen happen to me where they probably would have broke me before but it's actually actually no I know this is not going to be permanent yeah. and I know other people that I've spoke to some fantastic people been through much worse and I'm like actually it will get better it's just passing mm. so you're at uni now and I'm guessing you met what you thought was the love of your life which is now your ex-partner you yeah. went on to have um, a child of him as well Again, tell me about what actually, because it wasn't all like roses, happy, what actually happened there? Um, well, I met my um, ex-partner, actually. We was, he was my ex-fiance, actually. Um, and we were together about five years. And I had my son. Um, and then I actually moved up to Birmingham. And then we realised, actually, it's not working. So um, I decided to come back to London when my son was six months old. And that was probably the hardest decision I've had to make because mm. I'm growing up where I grew up I knew that I didn't want to be a single mum and I knew leaving Birmingham coming to London I, I was going to be a single mum because obviously the relationship wasn't working yeah. and I wasn't going to try anymore because I felt like it was unsalvageable mm. at that time actually um, so I just it was just me and my son we came back and lived at my mum's until I could get a flat and then um, I was just working then, working quite a lot actually mm. for the local authority. Working with other people's children, bizarrely enough, from five to 16 year olds. Oh, wow. And my sister looking after my son quite a lot, which was, um, it was good because it was my sister, but it was hard because he was starting to call her mum and she saw his first steps and stuff like that. So. Um, and this, this, do you know what? I have so. This is why I have so much respect for well, mums in general, but especially mm -hmm. single mums, because you were doing what you had to do in terms of working, getting money, supporting yourself. Yeah. But then at the same time, it had the kind of like the opposite effect. Even though you're doing your best, then you've got. I can't even imagine what that's like having yeah. your child calling. So at least it was your sister, but yeah. that must have hurt. Yeah, it did, it did. And even though I love my sister dearly, and, <laughs> and she really loves having lots of children around her. Mm. Um, yeah, it was sad, because he always used to say a lot of the time, oh, I want to see mum. And I'm like, but I am your mum. But because my at the hours I used oh. to work, I would start at 3 um, three p.m. and finish at 8 p.m. Mm. By the time I'd got back to my sister's to pick him up, I was be, because I wasn't driving as well, yeah. so I'd be using the buses to go home. I'd be getting home maybe 10 p.m. at night with him in the freezing cold in the pram. But obviously, um, you know, the rain covered down yeah. to keep the draft out. Um, I love how so it was a I long... love to add that. Just in case was... anyone wants to comment, like, did you put your child? No, he was lovely and snuggly. And, um, yeah. and then you not only are you dealing with that, you're also, I'm guessing, still dealing with your ex-fiancé. Did yeah. he have much of an input? Was, you know, like even everything that's happened with me, my ex and my son, it's difficult. And there's so many little things which a lot of people don't talk about and it's sometimes the really simple things like when your ex is supposed to pick your child up and they don't come on time and it's, 
<laughs> now it's really sometimes it's like how much should I say because yeah. my son will probably end up watching these videos and it's like I don't at the same time like you want to help people mm -hmm. and you don't know how much to say but you know I used to have to lie to my son and yeah. say you know his dad is working when his dad just wouldn't bother turning up yeah did you have to go through anything like that um a few times I did have to mm. actually but um because I lived in London and his dad lived in Birmingham I don't know, I wouldn't say it was a perfect excuse, but it was in a way. So he was, um, he came to the agreement that he just wanted to see him every two to three weeks mm. for a few hours on a Saturday and use the coach. So it would be four or five hours on a Saturday every two to three weeks, which is, I didn't think was sufficient for a child. Of course, yeah. Especially when they're um, six months old and then older, mm. when they are actually aware, because nearly three weeks is a long time for a child. It's for um, even an hour <laughs> seems like yeah. a, a year in a child's head, doesn't it? Yeah, so. and so I could never, it was never a case of I could um, say to him, can you pick him up from nursery or school? Because mm. I never had that support. The support there was always my mum, and she was working a lot of the time, so it was between my sister and my mum. Mm. I felt like it was a burden to them, so. Yeah, I think there's so many, we could literally be here all day <laughs> talking about <laughs> different emotions, but like we were talking before um you know even about sometimes you're, you you really want people to help you but you feel sometimes that you can't ask yeah. people because i know again maybe we should do another podcast on this but my son and i've talked about this before is like and i don't like to use the word crazy but i can't think of another <laughs> name but i can't even leave my son with some people sometimes because he's just too much for them and i've had yeah. You know, I've tried, like, trust me, like, I want people to help me. I, like, I'm not one of these people that is like, I'm not going to get any help. I want help. <laughs> <laughs> Looking, you know, after my son, it's not easy being a single parent. But, you know, I've uh, dropped my son at someone's house before and the mum will be like, call me, girl, I'm really sorry, but you need to pick him up. Because it's just, they're not used to dealing with that yeah. kind of child. And I don't know if you've been through similar experiences like that or was it... Did you, like you said, you had your sister anyway, mm. so was it quite...? No, I, I mean, not really, no, because um, he was quite placid with my sister, actually. Mm. He was always very um, calm. He used to be what people used to say, um, hyperactive or whatever sometimes, but I just felt that was his nature because yeah. it was very um, different. He was very, now looking at him as a man, he's very individual, mm. and he doesn't fit into the box of like, how a a typical um, boy should be. Okay, so there's just so many ways we can take this <laughs> podcast. It really is because I don't think you understand, like, Hyacinth has been through so much. So we've talked about, obviously, you being in a safe house. Your mum went through domestic violence. You're now a single mum. You're now raising your child by yourself. Unfortunately, yeah. your child is now calling someone else mum. After your son gets older, you then have a another child, don't you, with another yeah. man? Yeah, Um Talk to us more about what happened there, because it's, again, something very... You've already been through all of that, and now something extra yeah. sad happens. Um, I actually was with um, my second son's dad, um, not for very long, actually, maybe about six months. Mm. Um, and it was not a planned pregnancy, actually, but I'm so glad I've got him, because he's yeah. a blessing. <laughs> Oh, I've um, met Kwame, who's been to my YouTube <laughs> club for kids, and he's such a well-spoken boy. 
And I just want to take him home and be like, sit there, just play with my son. There's a good influence on him. He probably actually enjoyed it as well. <laughs> yeah, so um, I was actually pregnant with Kwame and me and his dad actually split up while I was pregnant. So I knew I would be a single mum mm. on my own. And actually, then I found out I was actually pregnant with twins. Mm. So um, that felt like um, that was shocking actually because yeah. I was 34 and still struggling also with um, my older son mm. and it was shocking actually to know that I was pregnant with twins and I was going to be a single, single mum of three. Yeah. Yeah. Kwame was born at 23 weeks and he had um, a brother who was born as well at mm. 23 weeks which is still the legal age actually for termination. Really? Yeah, so 24 oh, wow. weeks. So. Um, yeah, he was born, just um, both of them were born spontaneously. His brother's name was Shakar. Um, and they were so early, uh, at that time, about 87% of children born at that age, that gestation, mm. don't survive. And the ones that do are um, left with quite severe um, um, like disabilities. Yeah. Um, we had lots of interventions. He was in hospital for his, the first six and a half months of his mm. life. Um, he was on ox he was oxygen dependent and on a ventilator for months and in intensive care for four months. His oh, first four months. And his younger brother passed away when he was three weeks old, actually, um, which has always been a bit. That was hard, but I think it was even harder because after agreeing to um, a post mortem, they never found out why he actually stopped breathing and stuff like that. So that was really um, shocking. Yeah. <laughs> it was shocking and scary because I thought, please don't let this happen to my other child as mm. well. I could, don't think I could deal with it. Um, and I was actually taking my older son to school and doing a school run and trying to keep life as normal as possible, mm. actually. Even though there was times I'd get um, calls from the hospital to say he's critically unwell and he's not gonna make it. They did say he wouldn't survive the yeah. first 24 hours. And um, they're quite shocked. So he's taken part in a lot of research mm. for um, UCL. Yeah, and it's been um, fantastic. He has had heart surgery. He's had hernia ops. Yeah. Um, loads you, of stuff. It was an amazing. He was medicated every two hours. Sixteen types of medication. I'm yeah. just listening to Hyacinth. <laughs> I can't believe you've been through all of that. Like, I know it's not easy to talk about this, especially yeah. on camera. Like, I'm getting emotional talking about Don't. it now. Oh, I'll give you a hug. I can't. Oh, my God, hold it together. But I just can't imagine all this stuff that you've been through. Like, it's so difficult. Yeah. And you're still... Oh, my God, this has not happened to me. I need to stop this. Are you? You've done do Oh, wow. <laughs> I think we could, like, be here talking about so many different things that you've been through, and I think... Maybe at some point in your own journey, you could actually do your own video because yeah. that's a whole podcast and a video in itself dealing with bereavement. Like, that's not easy. No. And I know there's so many more, much more things that have happened to you, which we're not going to go into the video today. But yeah. I know for your journey of <clears throat> your business that you're going to start helping people mm -hmm. and you're going to start talking more about your experiences, yeah. which I think will really help. Um, um, we're going to end it here, but I do want you, someone that's listening to this right now, thinking, wow, how the hell has Hyacinth been through all these different things? How are you still here? How did you get through it? Because I think there's so been so much darkness in your life. How have you managed to 
see the light at the end of the tunnel? Like, how have you kept going? I think the main thing is actually I've got about three good, really good friends that I've had from college, mm. actually. They're my closest sister friends, I call them. Um, so we've spent many hours talking. Um, we've all got children. Um, oh my God, yeah, just talking, going out together, doing loads of things. Um, so it's been a network, and also my sister as well, and my mum. Mm. Because I think if my mum really wasn't um, here or, or doing what she's done, I would not have even been able to achieve yeah. as much stuff as I have. Because, you know, just the basic things like the child minding or um, just helping me out when I'm kind of stuck. The only thing I can really say is that things will get better. I know it kind of sounds really cheesy and corny, things will get better, but people have been through so much that are worse. All you need to think about is really what you want in life um, and that it is achievable. I've had to work through a lot of confidence and self-esteem um, issues for years, actually, because I yeah. didn't believe I could do um, things. But slowly, because I always felt like I wasn't worthy and I wasn't mm. enough, I've actually gone through an extra 20 years of education, which, um, and I don't even really celebrate. Last year was 20 years since I've been a published writer, which I don't celebrate, wow. but obviously I want to have my book. <laughs> Um, yeah, and basically all I'm doing is um, just trying to achieve my um, my dreams and show, the, especially the boys, that it doesn't matter where you come from, because where we live now, we're still living in Hackney actually, the area's changed, but they're boys that have been to the theatre, they've been to the opera, I've given them um, opportunities, Kwame's been to your YouTube club yeah. and he's done filming things, he signed an entrepreneur course this Friday yeah. actually, that I'm paying for mm -hmm. privately as well. Um, so it's and then really, once you put your mind to yeah. things, you can achieve anything. Yeah, it really is your mind. So I really, believe I it's your mindset. What you've done, you've, you've just always worked on yourself. Yes. And you've always, and it's even seeking, try so hard to get support. If, if you're not, you know, lucky enough to have family around you, just try and connect with other mums yeah. in the area. Just, I do think it's so important to have that support. Yeah. Since my son's dad has started helping. Everything's so much, I wouldn't be able to be sat here right now doing this interview mm. if my ex didn't help me with certain things. Yeah. Like, thank God, <laughs> he's now helping. Before yeah. it was so difficult, yeah. so I didn't have anyone to help at all. So I think what Hyacinth said, like, get support. And what we said right at the beginning of the podcast, actually, is like, stay positive, go to places like the sea or just where you could think mm. and be alone, invest in yourself, do mindset, courses, read mindset books, yeah. do, you know, Hyacinth is just a shining example of, of that you can get through anything in life. And, and, I, and I have to finish actually by saying, um, because for me, um, even though I've done a lot of things for 20 years or 20 plus years, for 25 years I did a lot of community work and for me, mm. the volunteering and the community work in various um, sections of the community is always allowed me, I started that from the age of 16, to actually think outside of myself and know that regardless of what I'm going through, someone else is going through something much worse and when you're kind of giving back your time and um, hearing people's stories and learning from people, there really is nothing that we can't achieve. Mm. Oh, yeah. she's just amazing! <laughs> you're so amazing! I literally love you. you so much. Where can we find out more about you? Um, you can actually go to my website, which I've built myself. Yeah, um, it's www.soulconsciouscreations.com. 
Um, also, there's um, my personal website as well, which is hyacinthmyers.com. Yeah. We're going to put all the details on the blog, so go over there if you want to connect with her. If you're listening to this on the podcast, go to the YouTube channel, and um, you can watch her beautiful face in action as well. <laughs> but the main place you need to go is the website, mumtomillionaire.com, and there's loads of podcasts on there as well. I'm really loving all these people that are coming on Mum to Millionaire. Such inspirational stories. And if you're watching this, listening to this right now, you can, it's just proof, the people that come mm. on here, you can get through anything, you just have to keep going. Mumtomillionaire.com Excel in business and life. Be a go-getter. Wow, just what an incredible woman. And we've only just touched on her story she just, you know, when you just get such a good vibe from people, a uh, good vibe from people, she's got no bitterness in her. And trust me, there's a lot of things she could be better with, but she's not. She's made herself better. And it's one of my favorite quotes. It's don't get bitter, get better. And it's a key message of mum to millionaire as well. Conquer your emotions, really feel what you're going through. But you need to understand that you need to have that millionaire mindset. You know, Mum to Millionaire isn't just all about my business journey and becoming a millionaire and helping you become a millionaire. It's actually helping you become a millionaire in your mind. Have a millionaire's mindset. We want to be happy every day. Focus on happiness and positivity. It's the only way to live your life, okay? And I know, I know for a fact that hearing Hyacinth, it would have really inspired you to think, do you know what? If Hyacinth, if even Vina, why do I always talk to my, like I'm the third person. <laughs> if I can get through anything, you can get through anything in your life. If all the women on this podcast can make something of their lives, so can you. And I promise you that for a fact. I'm going to go now because I feel like I'm going to cry again. And you really don't want to hear that. <laughs> For all of the show notes of this episode. And you know what, please, after you've listened to this podcast, go and check out the blog because we've got some amazing stuff on there. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm really into inspirational and motivational quotes. So even for this blog post and all the rest of the podcast, we have got... Um, inspirational, motivational quotes on the blog and on my Instagram. So just search for Mum to Millionaire on Instagram and go over to the blog, mumtomillionaire.com forward slash episode 60. Please go over there and share the images on your own Instagrams. Just do whatever you need to do to inspire and motivate yourself and other people around you. Thank you so much for listening. You're amazing. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. It's for free. Just click subscribe on your iPhone or Android and you'll get free mum motivation delivered to your phone every single week. I will see you next week when we have got the time management queen on the show. Her name is Melanie. And um, after you've listened to that episode, you're going to think, wow. I can now be a time management queen myself. So I will see you next week for that episode. Have an amazing week. I love you so much. Stay strong, stay motivated. And remember, conquer your mind. You are a millionaire already. I already know that. And take action today, not tomorrow. Whatever you want to do in your life, trust me, you can do it.